1: good morning everybody on today's get ready for the future show rethinking estate planning we've got an estate planning attorney joining us to talk about the ins and outs and how it fits into your overall plan
0: this is the get ready for the future show
1: and welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, along with Janet Walker and Chad Roller, as we continue to social distance and there's still no John Shrewsbury. I know he was on last week, but I don't I can't remember the last time he and I were on the show together.
2: <laughs> well, uh, he'll be on again soon. We're doing this, it, it is a little bit weird, especially for me and John, because we've always been on the show together, unless one of us was on vacation. And today he's in the office. He's gonna join you, Scott, for Fastest Four. But yep. what we're doing is every other week, John and I are here, and then every every other week it's either janet and another advisor or john and another advisor so between your travel and a little bit of travel for him and just the rotation that we're doing to honor this distancing that we need to do in our studio it's been a little bit weird but we're, we're making it work skype is a yeah. good thing you know <laughs> we are uh
1: we're testing our bench strength right yeah that's, that's right we're bringing in the bench strength coming out of the bullpen mm-hmm. yes you're used to that right that's right closer closer chad roller yeah, yeah. i like the sound of that <laughs> Speaking of baseball, so we're, we're in two weeks into the uh, the mask mandate, and that's a l- large reason that we're doing our social distancing. I walked in today with one of my, I don't know if you can see this on our live stream, but I walked in today with the new mask that my mom got me. What do you think of that? It's a St. Louis Cardinal mask for I, those listening on radio.
2: I, I think that my pastor wouldn't like it very much. Yeah. <laughs> our marketing director, Sean
1: Shrewsbury, did not like it very much either, I'm sure. He's a big Cubs fan. Yeah, but yeah. My mother found three of those, uh, and she... There's one that's blue and the day that she gave them to me, she said, well, wear the blue and it works with your outfit. I said, look, now listen, we're going to have a discussion about this (laughs) because I will wear the masks as long as I need to wear the masks, but I don't want to get into wearing the masks. It's not fashion for me. It's not something I want to enjoy. I I know a lot of people do, and and I'm not faulting anybody for doing that, but I I want this thing to be over sometimes.
2: Yeah, we are, as we have said on here for many, many weeks now, we're ready for normal. Yes, Well,
1: today uh, we're going to talk about maybe something that we've certainly something that we've talked about before. However, I think it has kind of some new legs in light of COVID-19. A lot of people are rethinking estate planning. Recent events have certainly caused a lot of folks to do that, to evaluate where they are and think about, you know, how fragile life is, quite frankly, and what happens if you don't come home or what happens uh, at the end of our, our lives. Listen to this to back that comment up. The online estate planning platform Trust and Will saw at least a 100% increase in business in March amid the COVID 19 pandemic. And that was March. That was the beginning. I think things have only probably accelerated since then. But when you think about just taking stock of where you are, and certainly we've had more time to do that when we went through the shutdown, there was a lot of time to ponder those things and get things in order. But I do think the the constant barrage of negative news and 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 the reality yeah. of the pandemic has certainly caused people to shift their priorities into thinking about things like estate planning.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I, like most people, I need a catalyst to cause mm-hmm. me to do something. And for us, I mean, we knew that we needed to do our estate planning. The catalyst for us was my husband and I were going to take a trip to Israel several years ago, and our children were very young at the time, and they were not going with us. And, and you know, you do the whole thing of, what if a plane crashes? What if something happens, you know, while we're over there and all of that? So that was our catalyst to get our estate planning done, and we took care of it. The funny thing is, though, I mean, we could have had it done years before that it it was just you need something that says okay you know what now's the time and so as we have talked about you know there are, there are things that covid has given us and there are things that it has taken away i think we can look at this as a gift of the opportunity for you to go you know maybe it's time maybe this is my my why my catalyst to get this done and to take care of that estate planning
3: yeah and it's good to slow down and think about those things and to you know, we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. That's right. None of us are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the thing I think we all need to do though, is make sure that we do it not in fear, but we actually think it through and do what's right in under any circumstances, whether it be COVID or, you know, some type of other medical issue that we may be facing, but, uh, you know, because it's a lot more than just, uh, when I pass away the estate planning part. I have uh, become very
1: fond of saying in a client meeting room when we are first meeting with clients and telling them about the income planning that we do at Gen Wealth in retirement, that if you can tell me your date of death, we can build a pretty darn good retirement income plan. Nobody knows that, though. And and of course, we get a good laugh out of it. But it does bring up the decision point for a lot of folks to prepare for it, even if it doesn't happen. When you think it's going to happen or not prepare for it and have it happen. Now think about the decision point there and certainly you want to be prepared and that's what planning is all about on our side of things and we should point out right away too that we don't have estate planning attorneys on our team at GenWealth we don't do the estate planning ourselves, but that's why we're bringing in one of the one of the experts in that field today.
2: Yeah, we are really looking excited, uh, looking forward to, and are excited about having Chris Rippy with us. Uh, he'll be in the next couple of segments with us today to talk about um, some questions that we hear quite often and some clarifying points that we'd like to share with you. But I want to go ahead and invite you now, if you're if you're watching us today on Facebook, if you have a question for an estate planning attorney, go ahead and, and post that uh, that question in the comments section on our live stream, and we'll be sure that we get that. question question to Chris Rippey during the show today.
3: And I think it's uh, important also to note that, you know, this is something that we're taking out of time to talk about. And it's not exactly what we do on a day-to-day basis, but it's something that we talk about to our clients on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I think, Janet, for you, you've got a lot more experience in this and you've unfortunately lost clients and Mm -hmm. have seen Mm -hmm. the other side of it. And so, you know, you have basically taught us and instructed us that this is very important. And I, I think that experience to share with them is is huge, you and, know, and knowing why we we bring this estate planning to the forefront, yeah, when that's not exactly what we do,
2: yeah, it, it's not at all what we do. And guys, I'll share a story that this just happened yesterday. So when we were preparing for the show, this wasn't even you know something I could have talked about. But I had a, a meeting with a couple. I've been meeting with them, working with them for over a decade, and they've already introduced me to their son, who will be handling everything, uh, you know, towards the end for them. And what I noticed was their Health has changed tremendously since I I saw them last time, and it's not in a good way. And I talked with them yesterday about a lot of things that we need to shore up, and and got permission, even though we already have it in writing. I got another verbal permission to call their son and talk through all these things. I was on the phone with their son for like forty minutes after the appointment to just talk about, you know, let's be sure you need to go and get the trust documents that your parents did a decade ago, and you need to be sure that you understand those things and we talked about you know whether or not they have a power of attorney beyond for each other does the adult son have one because many times when a power of attorney is set up initially it's just the spouses but as you age a lot of times you're going to want an adult child to also have that authority and so we talked through a lot of those things and I encouraged him to just review what they already have and and what I told Troy in doing that because he's great he's fabulous in all of our appointments But there are things that, you know, you just have to be here a long time to be able to see. And it was the first time he had really seen that. And what I told him is, look, I I know there are a lot of advisors who would say that was a waste of time. We're not making a dime off that. As far as we're not making a dime off that, that's true. But what I said is you can never care to much and if you have knowledge that they need to have it is our responsibility to share that now at the end of the day they need to talk to an estate planning attorney but we can't care too much
3: but you've also been on the other side of it to know how much how important that is and I think that's why we bring this to the forefront estate planning and you know try to educate about this because you've seen the mess that it can leave without any plan
2: yeah it's it's a disaster for sure So what exactly is
1: estate planning, you may be wondering, if you're new to that term. Your estate consists of everything you own, your car, your home, other real estate, checking and saving accounts, investments, life insurance, furniture, you name it. We're going to talk to Chris Rippey, an estate planning attorney here in central Arkansas, as we continue on the Get Ready for the Future show. Stay with us.
0: If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment.
1: This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more with offices across central Arkansas, there is a Wealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial member FINRA SIPC.
0: Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From Wealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing.
1: And welcome in to our social media audience and our radio listeners for the fastest four minutes in investing. I'm Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, across the other side of the table. I believe we've got six feet there
4: almost. Uh, let's hope the governor doesn't come and measure. You we know? didn't.
1: We, we tried to space, but there's only so far these cords will go, and That's not, right. it's only so long this table is. That's it. Hey, we want to, we've want we got the mid-year outlook coming up. Do want to remind people about that on August 11th, uh, that webinar. You can join for free. You can register by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. We're going to talk about where we've been and where we're going in the markets and the economy. Ryan Dietrich will join us. And we do that every week on the Fastest Forward, John. So when you when you think about where we are, and we're in the middle of a recession in this country, everybody knows that. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody knows that. We don't know with any certainty what's next with it when it comes to COVID-19. But for some reason this stock market just keeps going up and up.
4: Yeah, this is like no other recession that we've seen. We've got this horrible pandemic going on. And uh, obviously, people have been staying inside that has prompted a recession. And the impact has been pretty bad on the GDP. Uh, GDP has been impacted pretty severely. But what is quite surprising, if you look at the stock market, the NASDAQ has made 30 all-time highs so far, Scott, in 2020. Mm. 30 all-time highs, while the S&P index has gained four consecutive months and while all this while when when unemployment rate is above 10 percent in in most places and above way above 10 percent in some places
1: i find it very interesting john that it's not actually all that uncommon lpl research giving us this chart if you look at the 13 recessions and that would be including this one so 12 previous recessions going back to world war ii It's not actually all that uncommon for stocks to gain to be up during a recession. In fact, if you look at the 12 previous or if you count the one this year, 13, because we're positive this year, 13 recessions, eight times the S&P 500 was positive, and only five times was it negative.
4: Yeah, and, and you ask yourself, why is all this happening? Well, there's two schools of thought. Number one is that the stock market is a barometer of the future economy. And so the stocks are forecasting a better economy late in 2020 and on into 2021. The second school of thought, and this one not so great, Scott, is that all of this is kind of pumped up because of the easy money uh, yeah. All of the liquidity, the Fed is pumped into the economy and all that type of thing. And you have to wonder, okay, when that ends, and there is an end to that, when that ends, then what happens to valuations on stocks?
1: Yeah, and that kind of brings us our bridge into the other side, into a different asset class, because a lot of that easy money has put strains in the bond market that have made things very difficult.
4: Yeah, we've seen bond prices go up, 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 while rates have come down. And rates are now at an enormous low actually an all-time low, and as a matter of fact, we could see a full 1% rate increase from where we are right now and it would still be an all-time low for the bond market. So what that means is that bond investors, particularly treasury investors, need to be careful because if we see a rate increase, then things are really going to start erode in terms in terms of value. Now, to be very balanced in that, the Fed has said that they're going to stay low for a long time. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that you can think of that would drive rates up would be growth, and we have some growth, but also inflation, and inflation is fairly tame at this point. Yeah, so at present, yes, on caution for treasuries, mm-hmm. a little bit brighter scenario right now for stocks, because there are economies, there are uh, recessions where stocks fairly do well.
1: Got a feeling we'll be talking in depth in our August 11th webinar about both of these things. Absolutely. Hope you'll join us then register at get ready forward slash events. That is it for the fastest four. the get ready for the future show continues next.
0: Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: If you are ready to begin the process of creating a retirement income plan for you and your spouse, if you're getting close to retirement and thinking, well, how exactly is this all going to work? Wealth advisors are ready to help. You can call 501-653-7355. Again, the number is 501-653-7355. We have advisors in offices in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, Bryant, El Dorado, Conway, where Chad Roller is, who is no longer there. We (laughs) replaced him. We'll get to that in just a minute. And also in Bossier City, Louisiana. So you may have noticed if you're watching on live stream that Chad has been replaced. Chris Ripley, an estate planning attorney in central Arkansas in the chair now. And somebody forgot to tell you that we don't have to wear
5: ties. I, I don't yes, know yes. So Janet was making that joke before. Him. Yeah, he walked in. I was like,
2: dude, where'd the tie come from, yeah, man? That's, right. that's <laughs> our fault for not telling you, right? I that's mean, right. I mean, he,
5: he didn't know. So,
1: hey, well, thank you for joining us today, first of all, to, to talk about this subject. And, and I, I think a good jumping off point uh, would be, you know, I mentioned that online estate planning platform, Trust and Will, reporting a 100% increase in business in March amid this pandemic. We spoke earlier about that. Have have you seen a similar experience?
5: Yeah, we have. And Scott and I were kind of joking about this beforehand that I kind of equate estate planning to that yard project that you've been putting off for five years that now that people are locked down at home, they say, we should probably write something Mm -hmm. down here. Either that or they're becoming uh, very in tune with their own mortality and just say, we want to do some sort of of planning here. So yeah, we did see a pretty big intake Intake after about um, two or three weeks of lockdown. We've seen a really big increase in people just asking more questions and just being on the forefront of people's thought processes.
2: You know, let's talk about estate planning and just that term even because I think we throw it around as though everybody knows what that means. So what is it? Why do people need to be thinking about it?
5: Yeah, sure. From a global perspective, really all estate planning is, is making sure that you have some sort of plan that transfers assets after you pass away or if you become disabled, whether that's through a will or a trust or pay on death beneficiaries. Um, And so it's really just a written plan of some sort to make sure that things are taken care of in case life happens, which we all know that it does.
1: We would assume the number of people who have a true estate plan is is similar to those who who have a written financial plan? That that number on our side of the fence is very small. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen probably in the low teens, or if if even single digits in some cases, depending on the study or survey that you that you look at. But. If that's true in the estate planning side as well, what do you think holds people back, Chris?
5: You know, that probably varies from person to person. It kind of fluctuates year by year. But if you look at data from the National Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, usually it fluctuates around 70% of people don't have any sort of written plan, kind of like what you were saying. And I think a couple of things go into that. One, they are concerned about the cost of doing it. Um, They're not ready to make those kind of decisions depending on their age. And they just think it's going to be a long, arduous, complicated process Mm -hmm. when once they actually get into my office and talk to me, they go, oh, that was way less work and way more comfortable than I thought it was going to be.
2: So, guys, I want to take a a moment and kind of do a little bit more educating here. We talked about estate planning on a more broad picture, but when we're meeting, Scott, as advisors, when we're meeting with clients, we talk about the need to meet with an estate planning attorney and to discuss whether you have a need or not for Mm -hmm. the following things. A will power of attorney a living will and a trust and we know that not everybody needs everything but what we have found is that very few people really understand what those documents are and and many times when we first start talking about estate planning they're like oh i've done that i've got a will and that's it end of conversation as far as they're concerned so i want to take each one of these just one at a time and talk about what they do maybe what they don't do that is a very common misperception and then you Know, whether whether it's a fit for certain people or not. So let's talk about a will first. What does it do? What does it not do?
5: Sure. Yeah, so they tell you they have a will, but they don't tell you it was from 1975. Yeah, from last time yeah. they actually looked at the thing. Yeah. So uh, we kind of commonly and jokingly refer to a will in our office as the C minus option. Mm-hmm. It's, at least it does something, but it's not quite, you know, w- probably what you need. So a will is really only effective after you pass away and the will gets probated, which is kind of a common misconception in, mm-hmm. in the estate plan world is that I have a will. It's going to avoid having to go through the, the court-reviewed probate process. An advantage that it does is at least it gives you some sort of choice in what you're doing, who, who gets what, who's going to be in charge of things, but it really doesn't become effective until after you pass away because you have the ability to amend it. Um, powers of attorney are a big thing that we talk to people about mm-hmm. for financial and health care decisions um, that you want to be able to, while you're competent, you definitely want to be able to make the decision of if I became incapacitated, if I had a stroke or a heart attack or a car wreck, even if it was for a finite amount of time, I wanna make sure that I have a plan in place that these people who I trust to make these decisions are gonna actually gonna be there to make them.
2: So uh, uh, while we're still on power of attorney, there is springing power of attorney and non-springing. Explain the difference between those two. Sure,
5: yeah, so with a springing power of attorney, this is something that you execute while you're while you have capacity to do so. That is going to take effect at some point in the future. It's going to be there to spring into into place. So whether that's. Um, at a certain date, at a certain age, or whether a physician signs an affidavit that says that, you know, in my professional medical opinion, this person does not have the capacity to do so, it's put into place. Now, a non-springing one is something that's effective immediately for clients that just say, I want my spouse to 100% of the time have the ability to write checks or talk to doctors, get medical records, whatever they need at that time. And so as soon as you sign it, it's in place and it's there waiting for you in case it's needed.
2: Okay. So we've talked about a will and a power of attorney. So we still have a living will and then a trust sure. to talk about.
5: Yeah. So a living will kind of mimics and supplements your, your power of attorney for healthcare decisions. And it's really kind of a a pull the plug end of life decision that if if your attending physicians are saying, you know, you have this person is in an irreversible coma or has some sort of health event that we're just keeping this person alive artificially. You're telling them in advance. You're telling your family in advance. I want you to go ahead and pull the plug. This mm-hmm. is kind of avoiding the Terry Shivo situation yes. from the 1990s that was in the media for a long time. Um, a trust is something that we talk to a lot of people about. Um, it's a it's an estate planning tool similar to a will that avoids the necessity of having to go through probate. It's just a, a – uh, I, I kind of compare it to a box. You're creating a, a legal entity that takes title to your stuff, your real estate, your mm-hmm. bank accounts, and it has the ability to distribute that outside of probate process when you – pass away or if you became disabled
2: scott i'm going to toss this back to you in just a minute but i want to i want to talk to everybody just a moment about the example that i use on why we have a trust and it just this is something that usually just clicks with people because it's easier for them to wrap their brains around so before we had a trust our home was if you were to look up the county records our home was owned by stephen and janet walker and if you if you think about it, if he and I were in a joint accident out here on I-30, we both passed away, then in those circumstances, who has the right to sell the house? The answer is nobody, because both owners are, are deceased. Right. And so the house would have to go through the probate process of determining who is the rightful person to be able to step up We have minor children, who's the person to be able to step up and sell the house and claim the proceeds and all of that. It gets messy. And, and in Arkansas, it's going to take a minimum of six months, can go up to a couple of years. So in order to avoid that, what we did is the house is owned in the name of the trust. And so now, if he and I are in a joint car accident, then we have already named successor trustees. So if Stephen and Janet are not here, then the successor trustee, as soon as they have a death certificate in hand, have the right to sell the house. That's what we're talking about out here. And, and avoiding probate, you know, we're, we're going to talk about cost and everything on this later, but avoiding probate, I can tell you now, is going to be way less expensive than the cost of getting an estate plan in order. And that's just one example on the house. So if you think about if, if there's still a mortgage payment. I mean, we've seen, I I had young siblings who lost their home, their mom's home when mom passed away and they, in their twenties, couldn't take on that house payment while they waited to go through probate.
5: Right. Go ahead. Yeah. I've seen homes foreclosed all the time in the probate process because there's just not enough cash to pay the mortgage payments. I compare it to kind of like a, a a company. I mean, if you, if we woke up tomorrow and the CEO of Walmart had passed away, Mm -hmm. Walmart's not going to stop it's not going to not exist anymore they have a succession plan that maybe the cfo takes over for a little bit and it's the same thing with the trust on a clearly a much smaller level that you've got somebody in place that the next day can just step in and take care of all that
1: absolutely that's kind of as i was listening to you both talk the way i was kind of equating it is that life goes on even after yours is over and and, and that's really the planning process that you have to go through I, i know chris there are there are different kinds of trusts, too, and, and, and we don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but can you kind of give us a broad overview of that?
5: Yeah, sure. So from a conceptual standpoint, most trusts fall into one or two different categories, you either have a revocable trust or an irrevocable trust. And I would say probably eight to nine out of 10 trusts that I write are revocable trusts. And these are the kind of trusts that we're just setting up to make sure that if you passed away, if you became disabled, we have a succession plan. Mm -hmm. But from your day-to-day financial life, whether you're investing money in the market, if you're buying real estate, if you're going out to eat, nothing changes about your financial life. You still have 100% control and access to every dollar that you put into the trust. That's not true with an irrevocable trust. So I'm a big fan of those with the right client in the right situation. Mm -hmm. But really that is more for an asset protection plan of somebody who is either in a high litigious occupation, a physician, a dentist, an attorney, somebody like that, or somebody who's elderly and we're trying to shift assets out of their name to potentially qualify for Medicaid if they had to get get got ill and had to go into a nursing home.
2: And frankly, I'll just go ahead and address that a lot of people have what I believe to be as far as our client base, what I believe to have to be an unreasonable fear of, you know, the nursing home is going to take everything. In most cases, our clients are not going to ever qualify for Medicaid because they're not going to spend down to that $2,000 level. And so what the vast majority of our clients have is a revocable trust because the purpose is not to shelter from the nursing home and to be able to get on Medicaid. The purpose is instead to avoid probate. Again, your situation as a listener is whatever that is, and you need to talk to an estate planning attorney. But for most of our clients, the purpose is to avoid probate.
1: Well, and Chris and I were talking about this before the show, too, Janet. This highlights the need for an overall financial plan yes, because yes. it's really a long term care. Uh, problem that you're addressing here, and certainly this show is not about long-term care, and we can talk about that at another time, but when you have ways to address or have solutions for a long-term care need uh, in place and an income plan in place, and they work hand-in-hand, you can can avoid spending down your assets. Your assets will, will last you the rest of your life. We're talking with Chris Rippey. He is an estate planning attorney in central Arkansas, and we're coming up against our, a break, but Chris is going to stick around and join us for another segment. We're going to talk a little bit on the other side of the break about assumptions that we hear a lot as advisors as to, well, those estate planning things are not for me. So we'll, we'll, ask, uh, we'll ask him about that when we come back. The Get Ready for the Future show continues talking about estate planning. We're back in a moment.
0: Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future Show continues after this. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future Show. Live
1: streaming on Facebook and on YouTube every Wednesday morning at 11:30, and of course on radio all across Central Arkansas. It is the Get Ready for the Future show talking about estate planning with Chris Rippey, who's an estate planning attorney here in central Arkansas. And before we dive back into that conversation with him, do want to take just a couple of seconds here to remind you about our webinar, the Mid-Year Outlook, coming up next week, August 11th. You can register by going to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash Events and Janet, that's going to be really market focused. We're going to be heavy on that. Ryan Dietrich, who joins us on this show, uh, very frequently will be our guest on that, and we'll be talking about the roller coaster ride that we've been on in 2020 and what uh, what LPO Research Guidance says about the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, we're we're excited to be able to take advantage of an opportunity that COVID has given us, and that is to do these things online because I really think we'll have a significant number of viewers join us for this, and and I'm excited to. have this information during an election year. You know, we we always do a mid-year outlook anyway, but during an election year and with everything else that 2020 has brought us from coronavirus to murder hornets and all the other stuff that we've talked about on the show. It's important to have a foundation of knowledge on, you know, what do I need to know that's relative for me as an investor about what the markets are doing right now. So just plan to join us um, next Tuesday evening, and all you have to do to register for that is go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events, and you can get registered right there. It's pretty quick and easy. Here's a quick little nugget
1: uh, about the, you mentioned the election. LPL Research tells us that it, it actually started, I believe, Monday, so August. August the 3rd was the window, Uh, 90 days prior to an election, if you take that point to point in the market, if it is up for those 90 days, the incumbent Mm -hmm. always wins. And if it's down in those 90 days, the incumbent always loses. Isn't that very interesting? That doesn't mean it's going to happen this time.
2: Yeah, there could be a a once-in-a-lifetime, but let's see. Yeah, so anything.
1: I guarantee you that we're all looking at that going, oh, I wonder if it's going to happen again. Yeah. All right, so let's dive back in with Chris. And we mentioned before the break, Chris, uh, we hear as advisors a lot that kind of the assumption about estate planning, and particularly trust, maybe not a will, but particularly going into the trust, uh, drawing trust documents up, is that that's only – for rich people and, and, and billionaires, uh, or at least millionaires. And, and, and I would even throw in age there, too. Yeah. If we're meeting with people in their 40s and 50s, they think that's for people who are about to die, as if we know again when our date of death is going to be. Do you, do you um, encounter that? And, and can you talk a little bit about why that may uh, may be untrue?
5: Yeah, sure. All the time I get that question of how old should I be or what should my total net worth be before I really do planning, especially trust-based planning. And I kind of always answer it the same way, that one, you have no idea when your time is up. And I've done planning for people that are my age and they mid to late 30s that have passed away under mm-hmm. sad circumstances. And people who have, my, my oldest client ever actually died three weeks ago and she was 107. So we, oh, wow. you never know when you're going to pass away. Yeah, And from a net worth perspective or a value of what your estate is worth, I don't really think there's an answer to that question in, in our office. We kind of talk about passing on your legacy and yes. whether your legacy is million, we just want to make sure that we're doing it efficiently and effectively for whoever the client actually is, make sure that the values that they had during their lifetime are passed through through their estate plan.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the roles that life insurance and maybe long-term care play in estate planning.
5: Yeah, Scott and I were having a great conversation before we went on air with this. Um, Life insurance, you know, in the estate planning world, you know, the general public kind of didn't put much thought into it. But it is not uncommon. In fact, I'm working with a couple in, in Maumelle right now. For them to come up with an idea in their estate plan, and it ends up in an unequal distribution of assets. So, if we have a family business that's going to one child, and then cash and, and real estate's going to another child, you put it on paper and you're going, Well, we've kind of benefited one child over the other right? because the business is accumulating, but we're retired and our money is depleting, it is depleting here. Um, and so, a lot of times we'll combine a $50,000, $250,000 life insurance uh, policy to make up for that difference. Um, and long-term care is another really good thing that we talk to people about that there kind of seems to be this uh, misunderstanding out there that it's always cost prohibitive. We can never we can never do it, and I'm going to pay on this for 30 years, and then I'm never going to use it. And as you guys know as advisors, there's so many different types of ways oh, yeah. you can combine with annuities and life insurance and stuff like that, that if at least we had a little bit of a cushion there if something happened to you and you went into a nursing home or an assisted living it gives us some time to do some more advanced planning if that day actually came.
1: We talk a lot uh, on our show here about the, the process uh, when a client comes in for the first time, what that appointment is like. Let's if we could draw back the, the curtain. You mentioned when you first came on that, that that's kind of a drawback to people undergoing the process. They think about how cumbersome it could be and how long it could take kind of give them a feel for what that first uh, uh, appointment with you or or consultation would
5: be like. Sure. Yeah. When people come in our our office, one of the very first questions they have on the phone with my office manager is what do I need to bring? And we always answer nothing, just you. Mm -hmm. I want you to come in and I want to learn about you. I wanted your marriage, your kids, your grandkids, your occupation. To me, the asset levels that you have, are almost irrelevant unless you're extremely wealthy, because we're going to help you pass it down efficiently, um, you know, no matter how much money that you actually have. And what we're doing in our consultation process is we're trying to issue spot. We're trying to to make an estate plan that's probably going to work out one way, but then as we all know, life is bizarre Mm -hmm. and it throws weird curveballs at you. And so we're going to try to plan for all those contingencies in advance of, you know, if a beneficiary passed away before you, or they became disabled, or they were going through an ugly uh, domestic situation and getting divorced, or they got sued, and we're going to go through all those things and see how can we break this plan and make sure it's going to stand the test of time for years to come.
2: What's the craziest thing you've ever seen in estate planning?
5: Yeah, so, uh, in preparation for this, my office manager and I were talking about it, and we spent an hour coming. This is kind of like saying, what kind of car can I buy? Well, yeah. there's lots of different there's kinds of cars. Of the thing that probably made me the most sad and frustrated me the most going, your dad would kill you if, they, if he knew what was happening right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. is about two years ago we were involved in some litigation in South Arkansas where the kids were fighting with stepmom literally over dad's dead body one day after he passed away. We're trying to plan a funeral at 1 o'clock, And we're in court at 9 o'clock in the morning fighting over what we're going to actually do with this poor man's body. Where
2: the body's going to go. That's probably the
5: thing that that frustrated me the most and made me the most sad to be involved in. And
2: you think about the division that that causes among the survivors, you know, and they're— probably going to be, we don't, again, We none of us know our date of death, but they're probably going to be here for a while and they got to deal with each other for however long. And they're having that debate on the day of when, if dad had made his wishes clear in writing, then it would have been a non-issue.
5: That's true. We're watching lifelong relationships deteriorate right in front of our eyes in a courtroom.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: I know my son is in there, so let me just go ahead and record. <laughs> Garrett, I don't care what you do. <laughs> I'm not going to be in it anymore, yeah, so that's I don't right. care what you do. This we? is just
2: my Earth suit. I don't need it anymore after, exactly after I'm right. gone.
1: How about the other side of this? The time that you're the planning ahead of time really helped a family avoid a nightmare.
5: Yeah, so this was actually a, a family member of a of a staff members of ours. We didn't even do the plan. They had brought it in after um, uh, a grandma and grandfather had passed away. A lot of assets, several million dollars worth of assets, and one of the uh, children had some pretty significant health problems and was not going to be with us much longer. And their eventual beneficiaries um, had a lot of substance abuse problems, and we knew Mm. that if this child passed away and the grandkids were going to inherit some money, they would really turn into a self-destructive situation. Yeah. Fortunately, there were some language and some powers in this trust that allowed us from beyond the grave to make some amendments to it, and we were able to shift that money over into a, a, a vehicle that they couldn't touch. So they the grandkids could still benefit from it, but they would not have the ability to enter into the self-destructive lifestyle.
2: So that prompts me, although it's a completely different need, that prompts me to think about things like a special needs trust. We have quite a few clients who have that in their estate planning, Talk about the people who need to address an issue like that.
5: Right. So if you've got any beneficiary, whether it's a kid, a grandkid, anybody who theoretically could inherit something from you, you really need to consider doing some estate planning that has special needs trust language in it. So if you have somebody who is on a means-tested government benefit, so we constantly we think about that as Medicaid is kind of the most, right. the most common benefit that we think of. If they inherited more than about $2,000, they'll get kicked off. And they'll have to spend it all down. And some of these beneficiaries who are in their 50s and 60s, they've been on this since birth. Yeah. Um, and so if, if anybody in your family member has those kind of health problems or those kind of issues, you really need to think about doing some estate planning that has some standby special needs trust where they can still benefit from your asset. But because they have no control over it, their government benefits are safe.
2: hmm
1: I'm, I'm trying to think of a couple of questions that maybe our, our listeners are thinking about as they hear us talk about these things. And, and we've got a couple of minutes left, Chris. So I, I I just maybe a couple of things about we talked about costs, but we really didn't kind of hone in on that. And yeah. then and, and not everything can go into a trust. I think that's worth pointing out too. talk about some things that can and cannot go into a trust.
5: Yeah, sure. So the, the main thing that cannot is your investment vehicles that you have not paid taxes on. So these are your employer sponsor 401k plans, traditional IRA that you have set up with financial advisors. We don't want to mess up with any of the income tax consequences of those, but pretty much everything else can do that. You can re- you can put rental properties, your personal residence, your personal house, um, you know, bank accounts that you have at local banks. Those can all go be retitled into the trust and to put, uh, to kind of go back to your, your cost question. Um, you know, if you take kind of a modest modest size estate that had no planning and all had to go through the probate process, $250,000, those costs from an attorney's fee standpoint are actually governed by the Arkansas Probate Code, and we we did some calculations before we walked in here that that'd be about an $8,000 cost on a $250,000 uh, estate, which is significantly more than it would have cost to just come in my office and avoid yeah. that process altogether, and you would have had a say of who was in charge and where the money was going to go.
2: I'll tell you what we did, my brother and I, as adult children, I kept talking to my mom and dad about, guys, you've got to get a trust. And mom was ready from the first conversation. And my dad was like, honey, you know, he just he didn't understand the reason. And finally, I looked at him and I said, dad, look, my brother and I will split the cost on this. I need you to go and do it. And when he realized that we were willing to foot the bill, he was like, oh, well, like, she's serious. This is yeah. this is a real deal. And so they went and handled it. We didn't have to split the cost between <laughs> me and my brother, but they saw this was this was really important. And I'm so glad. I mean, it made my dad passed away and my mom is still with us, but it made a tremendous difference when he passed away um, in, in how we're receiving everything, how my mom is receiving everything. Sure. It's very beneficial. Yeah, you're speak.
5: willing to make a down payment on your inheritance. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: Just a few seconds left, Chris. How do people get in contact with you?
5: Um, So our website is rippylawfirm.com, and Rippy is spelled R-I-P-P-Y. The office number is 501-428-9139, or you can email me at chris, C-H-R-S, at rippylawfirm.com.
1: Really good education today uh, for our listeners, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. We'll be back right after this.
0: More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready for the Future show is back.
1: Our thanks once again to estate planning attorney Chris Riffey for joining us for a couple of segments in today's Get Ready for the Future show. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always go back and listen to the podcast version of the Get Ready for the Future show. Chad Roller slides back into his seat after it has been sanitized, I'm sure, the mic
2: (laughs) and the the,
1: uh, headphones as we continue our social distancing as we kind of wrap up the show today, you know, I, I, I want to just kind of ask you guys generally what stood out uh, to you in hearing the conversation with, with Chris. I'll, I'll start and then kind of go back to you, but I, I think going back to that long-term care discussion, you know, I I do think, and he says he deals with and, and does initiate the process of a transfer of assets, uh, getting them out of someone's name um, to basically ensure that you have $2,000 or less in assets and Medicaid will take care of you if you want to go into, or if you have to go into, I should say, a long-term care facility. I think the first thing that comes to mind there is do you want Medicaid uh, supporting you? uh, and, and, And you want to be able to have no say whatsoever in your care. How we would say that that needs to be encompassed into your overall financial plan. You know, I think about it Janet, a lot of people who come into us, they have a disconnect between their assets and their guaranteed income sources like social security, maybe there's a pension, maybe there's an annuity. And that pile of money on the side is really kind of a just in case. Yeah. And and so they see it as I'm going to have to use all of that if I go into a long-term care facility. When in what we do is build a monthly income stream out of all pieces of your finances, and if that, let's say, is $9,000 a month, let's say, and there's two of you, and one person needs to go to the nursing home and is going to require 7000 of that, there's going to be a lot of stress on that income plan. Yeah. But if you want to leverage or can leverage an insurance company in that, in that place to pay a premium so that they provide you the difference— you don't necessarily need the full cost of care. You just need to be able to provide enough to make up the difference, so that your income plan continues to work.
2: Yeah, and and I think you know we and for most of our clients what we see is that they're not really going to need to protect their assets from the nursing home. They need to plan for their assets or an insurance policy to pay for their care in a nursing home. Because I'm just going to tell you right now, you don't want to be in a Medicaid bed. And I I know that they say there's not a difference, but there's a difference in the level of care that you're going to receive. So for the vast majority of our clients, they're not going that direction.
3: It boils down to two things, protection and control. Yeah. And throughout life, you know, we do a lot of things for protection and control. And whether you're talking about your income plan, about protecting your income, you know, you're controlling your income, how much you're able to take. When you get down to the long term care discussion and you start talking about, hey, I'm going to have to need assistance. I cannot live right. by myself any longer. You want protection and control. Yeah. And that and so figuring out a way to pay for that needs to come in part of the planning. And you can do that. And and so basically, you're just adding a new expense in your retirement. And that's, that's going to come, and it may last for a year. It may last for two years. It may last for three years. You don't know. But you don't have to pay the whole bill. Yeah. And you can still have that protection and control.
2: I, I think the main thing for you to understand as a listener to the Get Ready for the Future show is – you need, just need to get some information. You need to understand, you know, what are your choices? What are your options? Because a lot of people come in thinking they need to protect from the nursing home, when in reality they really need to protect from probate and they need to have an income plan or and or an insurance policy to cover the nursing home concerns and, frankly, to help you stay at home as mm-hmm. long as you can. Yeah. So that's normally what we see. The other thing that I'll circle back to on one of the tremendous advantages of estate planning, and this is a story that, that I saw very close and personal. to to my life. Um, There were some family friends of mine. This couple was old enough to be my parents. But um, you know, when you know people really well, they're the really kind of the last ones to listen to your advice. And I kept telling them, guys, you got to do your estate plan. You've got to do this. He had cancer. It was a known fact that he was going to pass away before too long. And I kept talking with them over and over again. You've got to do this. And they just kind of kept putting me off within a week before he passed away, they got their estate plan finalized. They, they just went, okay, this is, this is real. We've got to handle this. He had had some land in his family since the time that dirt was worthless. And these days dirt is not worthless. And so there was a tremendous appreciation in value, $300,000 in appreciation in value on that land that was owned. And because of the way the estate plan was set up, The family did not have to pay capital gains on that land. When you think about long-term capital gains at 15%, that is a $45,000 tax bill that if they had delayed one more week, that family would have paid $45,000. That's just on one piece of what the estate plan did for them. That's very quantifiable. Obviously, it covered a lot of other areas that needed to be dealt with, but I can tell you... You know, you're going to spend, in the vast majority of cases, you're going to spend way less getting your estate in order before you pass away than your heirs will spend getting it in order after you pass away.
3: And another thing, Janet, is when you go to probate, that's public.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that At, was one of the uh, catalysts for my dad because he, he had... As a farmer, you always want to know kind of what's going on around you, like who owns what. And And this was in a time when you couldn't find it all online and everything. And it would list everything, you know. And so he would read it. And I was like, Daddy, one day your name's going to be in there. We need to go see the attorney, (laughs) you know, but, you know,
3: we, we laugh about that, but how many times do clients have a hard time even talking to us in a closed room, knowing that the information is not going to get out, right. Talking about what they have, much less knowing that, Hey, when I pass along, my pass away, you know, my heirs are going to have to basically go to a judge and he's going to, you know, and this is all going to be public knowledge.
2: Yeah. I mean, here's the reality. Do you guys know anybody born in the 1800s who's still around? Quick answer. Nope. You know what? You're not going to be here forever. Get your plan taken care of because that stuff's got to go somewhere and it's going to cost something either now or later. So if you care about the people who are inheriting it, get it done.
1: Well I thought what he said about cost was very interesting as well the probate cost of yes. an average estate of $250,000 is mandated right they don't they don't they don't get to move that around any way they want or right. discount it to be about eight thousand dollars so if you're you know obviously if you're passed and you're dead and gone you don't have to pay that but somebody
0: does well your you, state does
2: and you think about it you can get to two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a heartbeat yeah. i mean that's a house right. you know and what else is is potentially included we've seen 401ks that didn't have a beneficiary de- designation god bless america hello take care of that
3: yep and and two i think the other thing to point out is it, it doesn't they're going to talk to you the same whether you've got a house that's worth $250,000 or 2 million, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the same way where we're at too, is that initial consultation to come in and get to know you, you know, find somebody that is willing to teach you something and willing to sit and listen to you. Yeah. And I think that is the most important thing when, and, and will ease some of those fears of going in and saying, Oh, I've got to get all this together. And then on the other side of that is find somebody that that's what they specialize in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we, we talk about that in comparison oftentimes to a, a doctor. If you had a, a twin sibling who is your primary care physician, you may go to them on, on all kinds of stuff. But if you have a heart problem, even your doctor who is your twin is going to say, you need to go see a cardiologist. You know, I, I can't handle that. That's very important. You need to go see a specialist in that area. The same is true with estate planning. You don't need to see a divorce attorney. You don't need to see a car wreck attorney. You don't need to see you know all these other types of attorneys. There are reasons that they have areas of expertise. Estate planning is very specialized, just like a cardiologist is for the medical world.
1: And I can't highlight enough that it's just a part of your overall financial plan. Building right. it together, working with a financial advisor, and then going to see an estate planning attorney is part of the process of building your overall financial plan. And don't let the future just happen to you. Hope is not a plan. Step through that. You know, people see, I think, the value of a financial advisor is how much can I make. Sometimes it's how much can I save. Yeah. And, and that's it, that goes hand in hand, quite frankly, uh, with, with your overall plan. And you can do that. You can build your overall financial plan. You can begin the process by just reaching out to us either by calling us, uh, at five zero one six five three seven three five five, Just in under the bell. The bell means it's time <laughs> for final thoughts. Five zero one six five three seven three five five, or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And that first initial appointment is always complimentary. Well, my final thought is that estate planning is not just for rich people and it's yeah. not just for old people. The, I think that you have to to know for sure your need for estate planning on any level or if you need a trust you really need to have that consultation for sure.
2: Uh, and I'm going to echo that about it's not just for rich people and let you know that the estate planning attorneys with whom we work, uh, really in different locations and everything, they all work the same way in that that initial appointment is complimentary, just like it is for us at GenWealth. And then at the end of that initial appointment, you're going to know if you want to proceed, you're going to know what that cost will be for you so they can share that information. So just set that aside. If, if cost is a concern, you've got to take care of your ears. You've got to do this the right way. So just go have that initial meeting because there's not going to be a cost entailed in that.
3: Yeah, and I think my final thought is protection and control. We seek protection and control yeah. each and every day. And I think this is what you're doing when you're you're protecting your family, you're controlling what you want to happen, and it's the, the only way to do that is through a plan. You know, I think that's interesting because this virus
1: has taught us we don't have a lot of protection and control. So yeah. when you want to exercise it where you have the opportunity
2: to. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, five three seven three five five again to connect with a Gen Wealth advisor. You can also email us info at getreadyforthefuture.com. And don't forget about our mid year outlook. We're going to be talking markets on August 11th. And I don't have the board in front of me. Do you know the time, Janet? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Thanks, Chad. I asked Janet, but thanks, Chad.
2: <laughs> he beat me to it. You can register by
1: going it's free to attend the webinar you can register by going to get ready forward slash events that's all the time we have for today's get ready for the future show thanks for listening and watching we'll see you next week
0: the gen wealth financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at get or call our offices at 501-653-7355 you should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.